0: Research for What!
1: Hello and welcome to Research for What, the podcast that discusses scientific research, its purpose and impact. I'm your host, Ron Bouvray. Each week, I will interview recognized thought leaders who share the same passion for science and research and invest the energy, time or money. We will talk about the challenges and opportunities for research. I'm also very keen to find out how experts define impact and what methods they use to measure it. Every week I will ask the question, research for what? In this episode, I'm talking with Lens Chia, the Liverpool Innovation Precinct manager. The Liverpool Innovation Precinct is located about 50 minutes drive from the Sydney CBD. It is a $740 million project and is anchored by the Liverpool Public Hospital, Australia's largest standalone hospital. It also includes the Ingham Institute for Applied Medical Research and is supported by leading teaching and research organisations within Liverpool's CBD, including the University of Wollongong, Western Sydney University and the University of New South Wales and TAFE New South Wales. So let's see if we can um, start. Can you tell me more about the Liverpool Innovation Precinct and what your role is?
0: Yep, absolutely. Thanks, Ron. So the innovation precinct is uh, actually a bit more than the seven hundred and forty million dollar project okay. that you mentioned. So yeah. that so that is the the hospital redevelopment project and yeah. the shared services that, that covers you know, shared services between the union, the hospital, and the Ingham. The precinct itself is actually uh, a bigger thing than that. It's a particular okay. geography of um, of Liverpool City which covers quite a few blocks. I don't know what it would be in square kilometres or... But there were nine partners to that, the three universities that you mentioned in TAFE, the Ingham, the hospital, the Primary Health Network... OK. ..Department of Education and Liverpool Council.
1: Right.
0: And it's about developing an innovation precinct that really drives outcomes and impact from innovation generated within the precinct mm-hmm. and also what's attracted to the precinct. And the key thing there is collaboration. And so my role is working with the steering committee, which is some from those nine main partners, plus some other agencies like health infrastructure and transport for New South Wales and uh, the representatives from the local high school as okay. well. So yep. education um, is a big part of it. Mm-hmm. So to develop that precinct and all the parts of it and there are a lot of parts to an innovation precinct to to really generate those outcomes and and it will change the face of what Liverpool is as a city the placemaking side of that which council looks after the fact that we have the university campuses in the city so Liverpool will become a a different city to what it looks like
1: today. Can you tell me how the idea was born for the precinct? Um,
0: Yeah so uh, it it came about before I came on board. Right. And what I understand, a few years ago, those partners um, worked together, got quite a vision of what Liverpool needed from a health services point of view, and they mounted the case for the redevelopment to happen, so the funds for that. And what I understand, that partnership worked together really well and they realised they could actually do a lot more than just mount an argument for a hospital redevelopment. And so they commissioned PwC to do a, a study in 2017 to look at what would be required for an innovation precinct to be developed here. I think that steering committee of that group's been together for I think it must be getting on to two and a half, maybe three years now. Okay, And then they they realised they got to the point where they needed some full-time effort on it to actually start developing the the hard parts of it. So that's when my role
1: came in, which was uh, towards the end of last year. Okay. Now, I think one of the mission of the health innovation precinct is to be a place for research excellence. And in the PwC report that you mentioned, I counted the word research 245 times. (laughs) You've got a lot of time on your hands. (laughs) (laughs) I prepared well. (laughs) What do you think is research excellence? How do you you define that? Yeah, the the research part's really
0: important, but if you look at all the successful innovation precincts around the world, they're anchored to a major research institute or, or facility. Yes. Because ultimately, innovation is going to come from people, and people with a, a certain mindset. And that mindset is like fundamental to researchers. Right. So you know, g- good research, um, and it can be in anything. It doesn't you, know, you and I come from science backgrounds, but research could be anything. People who who have that mindset and can look at things differently. Yes. And in my case, people who research. We need to generate new knowledge. Research alone generates new knowledge. Yes. But from from where I sit, we want to turn that research into some sort of impact. And so, to me, I don't want to say research that doesn't have an impact is not good. Yes. But by my definition, really good, high-quality research is research that can then have an impact. For me, I have this saying, innovation is just a novelty unless it can deliver value.
1: Yeah. All right. Impact means different things for different people. What does it it mean for the Liverpool Innovation Precinct?
0: Yeah. So... I, I tend to use the word impact rather than commercialisation yes. because that, that word commercialisation immediately has connotations to people of a, a financial or dollar return. Yes, and innovation doesn't have to have a dollar return. You know, researchers can do things just because it improves life somehow. So, for example, there's a project parts of the innovation precinct are going to part into to partner with a particular industry player which I can't mention yet. Yes. But that project is looking at reducing the ambulance transit times who have got um, suspected stroke patients right. and how long it takes to get them to hospital. The impact of that, of reducing that time, is huge. Right. There's like, m- potentially massive impact for that patient, for that patient's family, for the health system. There's not really anything commercial about that. You could argue, yep, there will be health service and care savings and they're not being more serious long-term repercussions of that stroke because you get them to hospital sooner treatment sooner but there's no element of getting a profit out of that it's about impact impact for the community that person and the health system so for me that that's the sort of research that I get excited about some of the startups that I work with I have not met a startup who went into it because they wanted to make money. Wow. It was some personal thing that impacted them that they wanted to solve.
1: So that's interesting. So who are you accountable to? Who is the precinct accountable to?
0: Okay, so, well, good question. Accountable as opposed to report. For me, to the, within the partnership, you know, the, the precinct to me and that committee are really, an, and this might be a philosophical answer, yes. they're accountable to themselves and what they partnered with to achieve. So do they really want to work together to achieve what they set out to achieve? Um, my role, I formally I report to uh, the co-chairman. Yes. Um, Sir David Borgia, who's the executive director of the Western Sydney Business Chamber, co-chairs that steering committee with um, Amanda Larkin, who's the chief executive of the Western Sydney Local Health District. So I, I report to David, um, but as I said in a meeting the other day, I report to David, but I work for all of you. Right. So those nine partners plus the other agencies, we're all trying to achieve the same things. And to me, that accountability is to ourselves. So the precinct itself funds itself. There's no external funding for it at the moment. They all co-fund my role. They co-fund the small budget that I have to get things done. So there's no, at the moment, no external body saying to them, for the precinct, you know, you're accountable to us for this. So to me they're accountable to themselves, ourselves, to really stay true to what we want to achieve with the precinct.
1: Do you also work with members of the community?
0: I do. And and I think for talking about impact again. Yes. What the precinct will do, you know, there's the science and health side of it. So yes, we want to get better patient outcomes out of the innovations and, and research and innovations that we develop. We want to improve efficiency of the health services. We want to improve the services. We want to solve problems in the community. But the precinct will do more than that from an economic point of view. Um, the precinct done right will, will shape the economy of Liverpool and southwestern Sydney. What this precinct has, which nearly all the other precincts I can think of, at least in New South Wales, is we're right in the CBD of Liverpool. We're not on the edge. The hospitals, it's two blocks from the CBD of city. So it's going to be really hard for that precinct not to impact what the rest of Liverpool looks like. It's a really young population, half the population of Liverpool is actually under 35.
1: And what do you expect from this engagement with the community? And what do you think the community expects from the precinct? Yeah,
0: I think the really important thing is that the precinct and what we all work on understands what the challenges right. are in the community and solve those. So we want to talk about impact, yes. solve the problems that the community is experiencing. And in healthcare, the good thing about that is if you can solve an issue like that here, there's a very, very good chance that same issue exists somewhere else. Right. And so that solution can be applied elsewhere.
1: How do you choose which issue to prioritize or work on? Is that uh, a problem? I mean, there, there are many issues in the community.
0: Yeah, there are. You know, the, the stroke one in that industry part yes. we were talking, there yes. were a few that we um, could work on to, to start with. You know, right. there was some discussion around improving the clinical trial process because it's quite a strong, not quite a strong, there's a very strong clinical trial capability here. But we thought the stroke one, in terms of effort and stuff, had the greatest impact to start with. Right. So what's impactful? They're all impactful. Yes. But that one in particular has, you know, it's transferable. Liverpool Hospital has the busiest emergency department in terms right. of cases um, in the country. It's physically a big area. So so from that point of view, that's how that one was prioritised. How we prioritise projects in future, um, I think it will come down to the normal things of resources, um, right. emergency, how, how strong is the community feeling about it, how big of an issue is it. Um, those sorts of things. They'll be hard, because you won't be able to do everything. Yes,
1: so, and as you said before, the the precinct will rely heavily on research done locally. Now, and, and you can rely on the Ingham Institute for Applied Medical Research, who is already located yep. at the centre of the precinct. What, how do you build excellent research, and how do you attract world-class researchers to the precinct?
0: Well, that that's a good question that's hard to answer attracting research you know those classic things of of how groundbreaking the work you're doing is it is like a light to a moth I think for people working in the same space yes. I think you would have found that in kind of your yes. areas so that that shouldn't change I'm a big supporter of research for the purposes of generating that new knowledge so being in touch and doing that groundbreaking research is really important for for attracting yeah I, I it's a difficult especially in the precinct case, because we, we have, of, of those institutions, say the universities, the hospital itself and the Ingham, they're all doing their own research. Yes. And then there's the aspects that you collaborate on. So, you know, picking which out of that will be hard. There's that, that joint partnership aspect to it and then that independent research, which you don't really have any control or authority over. So, yeah, so I don't know how to answer all of that question. But, you know, there are some areas that we will specialise in and I think that will attract other high-quality researchers. So one of those areas in particular is um, robotics and automation. It's a touchy area in hospitals just because of the expense. When you think about it, a lot of innovations are expensive to begin with until people really... Get a hold of it and it gets momentum and they work out how it integrates into the health system or how it changes the way it works so robotics and automation is something we have some capability in not just in surgical robotics just across automation itself now there's some things in liverpool that people don't know about that are going on um i was talking to some people the other day who didn't know liverpool hospital had its own cyclotron right right producing yeah. so, and it's literally hidden not, well, it is kind of buried; it's underground um, and just operates quietly. They're producing radio pharmaceuticals every day for for patients and and ships those out to other hospitals and other countries. So there's things like that that are going on that people within the area will yes. know and be attracted to. Yeah, and, and that's you know maintaining that cutting edge side and, and groundbreaking stuff is and that there's been a lot of firsts in that cyclotron as well, which the leader of that group, says said Professor Peterlin just doesn't talk about because he's doesn't talk about
1: it I think it um, for research to generate impact it can sometimes take a lot of time and if you're accountable to community or a board how do you justify taking time before you can actually show impact is that a concern for you
0: it's it's not a concern and it's probably more visible or pronounced in the health space because safety is such an important part No, pharmaceuticals in particular. So the the development path, say, for a device, which is what my background is, from blank sheet of paper to going out can be, in my background's experience, could be like three years. For a pharmaceutical, drug, the development path for that, to know that it's safe is I don't know how many X times that. Um, So the community might want things sooner, and especially, I guess, for some sensitive therapeutic areas where, you know you hear all the time, positive results out of trials and people say, why can't I get it? There's that safety element which really as a consumer, you want to be there. Yeah. yeah I, right. I spoke to someone recently who was a philanthropic organisation and they're looking for areas to fund and they're really concerned about the costs of the regulatory process and the trial process right. for medical devices and, and I said to them, no, I, I get it's expensive, I get it's long, but as consumers, we want that to be there. Yes, <laughs> You want right. to know that things that come out that you can potentially be taking into your body or, or having applied has been tested and, so, and that takes time. Sometimes it doesn't even matter how much yeah. money you throw at it, it just yeah. takes time.
1: Right, that's right.
0: That's <laughs> and and the, it is what it is. You can't change that.
1: And that's not always compatible with individual or group academic incentives where individual scientists or researchers have to demonstrate their value fast within a year or two. For example, by demonstrating they've published scientific articles. So impact takes a lot more time than just publishing an article. And again, I think, um, so how do you create the environment that allows this to happen?
0: Yeah, again, so I, I, I spoke to someone about this recently about funding for outcomes as opposed to just funding for the research yes uh, you know and the outcome doesn't have to be the ultimate outcome there are milestones and things along the way which are supported by the work that you've done is still an outcome but if you're funding for outcomes people aren't going to take all the time in the world to do it if they know that their funding is going to happen over these x number of milestones then i'll work to those miles to achieve those milestones to get the next lot of funding Startups work like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, they'll be funded to certain points, or the funding they get is to achieve a certain milestone. Milestones. And they achieve that milestone,
1: and then that's evidence for them to seek further funding. Yes. yeah. Working for an outcome is also a very collaborative effort. And you've mentioned a few partners of the precinct, universities, local no. council, local health districts, the Ingham Institute for Health Medical Research. How do you get everyone to collaborate on for the outcome?
0: Here's another good question. <laughs> <When you're talking laughs> that about, can't be easy. You're talking about people. Oh look, in, in the, the case of the precinct, to me that is a clear competitive advantage for the Liverpool Innovation Precinct is the degree of collaboration okay. that we get. And I think that comes from the original belief for how that partnership came together and the success of that and then together that group, that core group believed they could do a lot more. So that belief was right there at the beginning and the other essential component of that is trust. So I sit in that room with those people and sometimes it's nearly 30 people. There's, There's nothing adversarial about any elements that I've witnessed so far. The topics and the things that are being worked on is supported by even groups who say necessarily aren't involved in that. But that belief in what we're trying to achieve and the trust in each other to get that done, I think drives that collaboration. You imagine if trust wasn't there. Yes. For example. Yeah. How'd get anyone to collaborate if someone doesn't trust the other person? Yes. Right. So that's just so fundamental. And the same with belief. If if a party doesn't believe in what you're doing is what you should be doing, then they're not going to be supportive of it. So those two things are, are vital independent to anything else. Resource availability. Personalities. If the belief and trust is there, then the collaboration comes with it.
1: And two key words in mission of the precinct: research, of course, but also teaching. How do yeah. you combine both?
0: And to me, they've always gone hand in hand. So researching, generating new knowledge, and that new knowledge needs to be shared with people. So there's that that part of it. For the for the lip for the innovation precinct. The focus is on health research and education. Right. And that education ranges from school level. We mm-hmm. have uh, five schools in the precinct, mm-hmm. from primary school to high school. But I think at the level that you're talking about, education, especially across health, in terms of the skills we're trying to develop for people. So, for example, you may not know, between Western Sydney, UNSW Hospital and in the Ingham There's a clinical skills training centre there in the hospital. Yes. Um, That's uh, for education across that. There's also the um, robotic training, Mimic and Da Vinci robots down there for training. There's the surgical skills training facility there. And in part of the redevelopment will be a shared services education building that those parties will share as well. So education, and I don't know if this is unique to health, is just a part of the fabric of what you do and within the partnership that's just seen as a shared thing I've not heard any discussion about someone just doing their thing on their own
1: Right. So do you feel that you have an obligation and maybe obligation is not the right word to teach the future leaders in medicine and research and how to best exploit research in the future
0: Yeah I think it is an obligation uh, but for for me personally I I feel my obligation on the education side goes down to what I about down to school level Right, to develop.
1: Which is another way to get the community involved and engaged yeah, with what you
0: do. Yeah, and, and especially for, like, in our know, areas from the STEM sort of thing is, you know, education mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're sitting in a classroom. Education can be project-oriented, can be problem-solving, can be just exposure. Right. Um, you know, I like I went to school here, yes. and we used to walk up the side of the hospital to get to the train station, and the hospital used to complain now and then to the school <laughs> about the kids walking up. I walked through the hospital this morning and there were some school kids walking through. They buy their hot chocolate and their coffee water in the hospital and I'm thinking, you know, they're exposed to doctors, nurses, paramedics, patients, families, everyone in the hospital and I see that as education for them in in what they could be and and the interest they could take in that. So so I do feel it's an obligation to, to teach, to teach at that level, to generate that interest and if that interest is there... Then to teach the skills in research in you know, all the way through to university undergraduates or postgraduates in whatever their specialty is. Dingham Institute has a particular schools program to expose high school kids to laboratory skills and the sort of things that they would do in a research laboratory. So to me, that's again that that belief, that's what you should be doing to try and generate in, in research interest in in children. So education to me is, is an umbrella over all of those things.
1: And again, showing impact, the potential impact or the potential output, that's going to foster education. That's going to bring students, young people yeah, in a yeah. precinct.
0: Exactly. That's you know people do research for different reasons. It could be because of particular areas of interest and you generate that new knowledge. Or, for example, startups will research and develop something because there's an impact that they want to have, that ultimate outcome. So, yeah, your motivations for doing research, for working on a problem to come up with a solution are really varied and I think sometimes very personal.
1: Are there any players or partners of the precinct we haven't talked about?
0: Yeah, so TAFE, so yes. vocational training. Yes. So, you don't normally um, associate TAFE with research. Right. You used to go to tertiary institutions and universities and hot You know, TAFE has a part to play in the vocational training. I mean, the, the sort of, if you think about the labs that you've worked in, you, know, you, you don't have to have your lab full of PhDs. R- correct. A lot of the skills and, things and tasks that can be done to a really high standard yes. with vocationally trained students. Yes. I think TAFE has a role to play in that. The local TAFE recently announced the development of a medical administration course. Right. So someone like the Primary Health Network who we haven't talked about either. You know, one of their goals is to have everyone, you know, within their net net working at their highest level, which they recognise may leave a bit of a gap down in the admin side. So they know in future they will need people who can work at that level and TAFE's course will fill that. So, yeah, I, I think there's, there's research that can be done anywhere. It just doesn't have to be the sort of deep tech research that people automatically yes. think of. Yeah.
1: Right. Now, the plan for the Liverpool Health Innovation Precinct is very ambitious. What are the future challenges? What would you like to... What are you tackling at the moment? What keeps you up at night? Yeah, lots
0: of things, sadly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So one part of it, so one of the other
0: partners we didn't talk about is Liverpool Council. Yes, yes. So a really important part, and I think an underestimated part by other precinct practitioners is the placemaking side right. of it. yes. So just the, the physical layout and structures and how that all works. No, you know, the typical science park can be an area where you have co-location mm-hmm. of some large industry players, usually separated by car parks. And yes. So there's no collaboration. It's not physically set out that way. The placemaking for the precinct in Liverpool ultimately will be the responsibility of council The good thing is council gets it. They understand the value of making the city a very connected place, a very permeable place, which means how people can move through the city. The importance of walkability, other modes of transport, like cycling, security, safety, shade, and the sort of environment that we live in now, having shade. Places where people can just stop and talk when they bump into each other. Um, That sort of stuff will take a long time to evolve. Um, I'm heartened by the fact that Liverpool recently um, released their Public Domain Master Plan, which has lays out all the sorts of things they want to do for the city to make mm-hmm. it a place easier to live in yes. and play in. We're missing something which, again, I think scientists and engineers would like, is co-working space. So a space where, you know, there were co-working spaces that people know, like we work and things where you might get virtual CFOs and consultants and that do rather than have an office where that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a co-working space where the scientists and engineers and entrepreneurs and people working on their own sort of projects can come together but I'd like them to be able to come together here somewhere, close to the hospital, close to the Ingham, close to the schools. That's a challenge because I haven't identified anywhere where that could be yet
1: are you saying we need to be more fluid and in the way we think spaces we often there is a hospital that does clinical work in one yeah. area there's a research institute that might be um, separated There yeah. are schools and so those are
0: yes yeah, so we have that already yes. i guess what i'm talking about is um you need a mix of those large organizations
1: yes the hospital
0: the research institutes, the large corporate say industry players but you also need space where those small agile groups like the startup groups can be as well. If you just had a precinct full of large buildings and industry players, you will hit a ceiling before any innovation and collaboration continues to occur. If you just had a place full of small agile SMEs, it will hit a ceiling because it doesn't have the support and and that bigger picture view of the larger industry players. So you need a mix of all those things. And then the way you make that work is through that placemaking. Right. So... Like I said before, innovation comes from the people. So I see my responsibility and the placemaking part and the organisation part is how do you create the environment and the ecosystem that makes those people bump into each other? Right. You know, the, the serendipitous collisions that people talk about. Yes. Make it easy for them to work together, to meet up and to talk and have the conversations because if you can't do that with the people, then it won't happen. Yes. That's a challenge because there's a lot of parts
1: to that to get it to work, but it, it's very doable. Right. Wow, wow. Yeah. Great, Lance had a fantastic chat. Maybe this leads me to my last question. What are the opportunities, the future opportunities for the precincts?
0: There's a lot, and and I think I just changed that question a little bit. Yes. Is what are the future opportunities for the whole southwest Sydney wow. because of the precinct? Yes, okay. Okay, so doing... No, we know what we want to achieve with the precinct. Yes. We've got absolutely the right partners on board. Mm -hmm. We've already started to attract interest from outside the area. I said there are at least two significant multinational industry players who have interest in the area that we can announce some things on soon. Okay. Once you get all those parts working and the the precinct is, is generating those innovations and those problems or solutions to problems, then the community starts to benefit from that. You know, I see Liverpool eventually becoming that university city. Yes. And we have two physical campuses here who are part of the precinct. UNSW don't have, like, a, a, a course campus, but they do have the shared facility in the hospital. And So the opportunities are so wide, they just... And we haven't started talking about the advanced manufacturing stuff that will come with the Aerotropolis and the Western Sydney Airport, which is right. less than 20 k's away. Yes. The opportunities are endless from that point of view and to do that out of the Sydney CBD just creates more opportunities wow. for, pe- for people within Liverpool. You know, the opportunity to study here, work here, live here, play here.
1: Um, and benefit from all the innovation as well.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, We're yeah. wanting to solve problems in the community because yes. we know they'll be transferable elsewhere. To be able, like I said, to live here, have jobs here, have your children schooled here, um, recreation here, not have to go to the city. At the moment, you might know, 60% of the workforce in Liverpool leave Liverpool every day to go to work. That can't continue. The precinct has the opportunity to impact the whole region economically with, you know, that research engine that we can have that really drive... Ingham Research is world-class. The stuff we do in the hospital is world-class. We've got world-class universities, and partners. You know, how do you answer? What are the opportunities? Yes. They're like, they're just massive. Wow.
1: Great. Look, Lins, uh, this brings us to an end. I really enjoyed our chat today. Thank you very much for your time. Oh, it was a me. pleasure. No, it was excellent. Anyway. Thanks, Rom. Thanks, Lens. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Research for What? To connect and find more information about this episode, check out researchforwhat.com. Until next week.
0: Research for
1: What?